everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Monday, May 20th. Can you guys even believe it? We are almost, well, we are more than halfway through the month of May already. Today is Mailbox Monday. And as usual, I'm going to be taking questions from listeners. And uh, today we're going to answer several questions that we're going to kind of jump all over the map. But at the end of the day, the goal is always that you're going to leave the podcast feeling lighter than when we started. So stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So today, I want to just do something I haven't done in a little while, and that is to take you to the Scripture Writing Challenge. If you're not joining me over at momstronginternational.com, now is a great time to do it. We are in the middle of a fantastic study called Deep Waters, uh, talking about speech and the impact and the power of our words. But I always do a scripture writing challenge and have been doing it for many years. And today's scripture is found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 to 14. So if you're cruising along in the scripture writing challenge with me, which you can do for free, just go over to momstronginternational.com and create an account there and you will see that you can download uh, the scripture writing challenge. It is also available in Spanish now. So check it out, momstronginternational.com. Here's today's verse, Matthew 18. Verses 12 to 14. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that has wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. I love the heart of Jesus towards us as his children and particularly towards little ones. And as we've been talking about on the podcast for many, many years here, we have an opportunity in the culture right now to stand for righteousness, to really become that hedge of protection for our children that is not being provided to them uh, in the public square, certainly anymore. And the Bible tells us, listen, it matters to the Lord. If even one of his sheep wanders off, the Bible says he'll go after you. My grandma used to say to me, Heidi, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. And we want our kids to know how loved they are by the Lord. And I want you guys to be encouraged because as we we do this podcast three times a week, and as I bring hopefully some encouragement to you from the word, I want you to also be encouraged that your children matter to the Lord, that God never does anything apart from a kingdom purpose. So as we dig into Mailbox Monday and talk about some of the things that are happening in the culture today, I want you to be encouraged about the preciousness, the value that you have toward our Heavenly Father. Uh, He loves you. Listen, uh, I'm really excited today because this podcast is being brought to you by my friends at Kingdom Code. And I wanna ask you a question. What is the number one skill that is often taught too late? And the answer is how to successfully manage your money. So you've noticed I've taken on two partnerships this year so far, and Evangelical Christian Credit Union is one of them. And so I'm very excited to be partnering also with my friends at The Kingdom Code. And if you've ever had children that had a great business idea say maybe they start with a lemonade stand, you know, things like that, but you're not quite sure how to help them develop it, then the Kingdom Code just might be your answer. Kingdom Code is a hands-on program that teaches money management, 
budgeting and entrepreneurship, which is something I love about it, from a biblical perspective. It's for students aged 9 to 13, and it will allow them to quickly jump in and create and operate a business of their very own. So the program cultivates financial responsibility, confidence, and a positive work ethic, which, hello, moment of silence. We need that right now, people. And at the same time, it's gonna emphasize life skills such as integrity, good attitude, and respect for others. So I'm gonna encourage you guys, if this is something that's interesting to you, visit thekingdomcode.com forward slash Heidi, and you will receive a coupon for free samples and check it out, 30% off your entire purchase, which is phenomenal. So 30% off your entire purchase. Now remember that it is thekingdomcode.com forward slash Heidi. So don't enter kingdom code. It's thekingdomcode.com forward slash Heidi. All right, I'm gonna get to your first question today. And before I start with the question, I wanna shoot out an encouragement to you. I got a fantastic email a couple of months ago from a listener and uh, she was actually addressing the question of another listener, which I uh, brought to you guys at Mailbox Monday. So listen to what she says, because this made my heart absolutely sing. She said, Heidi, I listened to your podcast this week in regards to the mom who was working with her homosexual son. I just wanted to encourage you in this. Since I was a young child, I had experimented with girls. By the time I was 16, I ended up in a full-fledged relationship with a woman I ended up living with and becoming engaged to. I fully identified as being a lesbian and even explored our options to conceive by the time I was 18. This relationship lasted years. By God's goodness and love from my family, I broke free from that prison. Change is possible even years down the road. God's word is right and true every day. Please continue to encourage parents to love their children as Christ loved the church unconditionally with truth and grace. Continue to encourage parents not to believe the lies we are told, as the Bible is very clear about this. Today, I am a homeschooling mom of two and so, so grateful for God's grace through and after those very difficult years. I hope this encourages those parents that are going through this not to give up on their babies. Does that make you guys happy? It makes me want to weep because healing is found in Christ. Freedom is found in Christ. He sets the captives free. And this young mother is saying, listen, I was a captive and God set me free. So be encouraged, you guys. Whatever it is you're facing right now, whether it's a prodigal child or whether you're having a struggle in your marriage, God wants to set you free. And he is the chain breaker and he answers prayers. So don't give up. Uh, Thank you to the young mom who sent that email to me. All right, first question today uh, comes from a mom named Julie, and I love this question because I'm sort of in this space right now, and it made it uh, resonated with me, so I'm going to read it to you. She said, hi, Heidi. A group of friends and I were discussing the lack of resources available to parents parenting adult children living at home. So first of all, I'm just going to say that again. Parents parenting adult children living at home, there should be like a support group for us. <laughs> If we could call it the P-P-A-C-L-H, that's really too much of an acronym, but you get the point. Like it's an actual thing. So Julie goes on to say there are countless books on how to parent babies, toddlers, and school-aged children, but nothing geared toward college-aged kiddos living at home. 
In our family, we have four kids, 20, 19, 15, and six. The 20-year-old is in college, and the 19-year-old is taking a gap year and working toward her pilot's license. They are both busy and working toward goals, so they aren't freeloading. We still give them a curfew, expect them to check in with us, and help out around the house, but it's a tricky balance. Uh, How have you handled this unique stage in your kids' lives? So first of all, uh, Julie, thank you for your honesty. This is something that's not talked about very often. And when I read your question, I was immediately reminded of a friend of mine who's very well known in Christian circles, and you guys would know him if I said his name, but I'm not going to. And at one point, my husband and I were visiting him, and we said, why don't you write a book about shepherding adult children? And he said, because the evidence is still alive. (laughs) And I thought to myself, okay, if this guy who is like a rock in the evangelical community is so wise and loves the Lord so much, if he's struggling with it, I actually feel better that I'm struggling. So for everybody out there who's listening to this and you have adult children who are living at home for whatever reason, be encouraged. Uh, You're not alone. And I think people don't write about it because our adult children can read what we write, right? It's not like when you give advice about an eight-year-old or we talk about talking to our kids about sex for the first time or whatever. Uh, This is kind of a big deal. Our kids are online. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of encouragement this morning, but I really want to I really want to say that I don't actually like to use the term parenting adult children because I don't believe we should be parenting our adult children. The Bible is very clear that our roles change as our kids get older. And so the the hands-on parenting, this is why I'm always telling parents take advantage of the years when your children are growing to nurture them, to correct them, to to get in their business, so to speak, because there comes a point when it's not it's neither helpful nor appropriate for us to do that. And so rather than say parenting adult children, I always like to say shepherding because really that's what we're doing. We're shepherding, we're noticing, oh hey, you're you're going off in the weeds over there, or hey, I saw a wolf in that in that part of the field the other day. You guys might want to look out, you might want to be careful. But you really reach the point where we we need our kids to uh, adult right? And so often I'm seeing parents whose children have been crippled because their parents are unwilling to allow those kids to grow up and make mistakes and shepherd them and not feel like we're parenting them. And Julie, that's not what I'm saying you're doing. I'm just saying I want us to be very careful when we talk about our adult children to actually treat them uh, as adults and realize that we're shepherding them. And that is where the rub comes in. Uh, because I have had over the years uh, several kids come and, come and go as adults, and it really does kind of upset the equilibrium in the home for the simple fact that they have a different role in the house than they used to have. But the younger children, this is particularly difficult for those who have younger children living at home, watching their older siblings sort of coming and going. And so in our home, we've handled it a couple different ways. Uh, one of the things that we do when our kids reach a particular age is we ask our kids to pay rent. It's not a huge amount of rent, but it lets them know, hey, this isn't A, it's not forever. And B, uh, you're going to have to pay rent here pretty quick. And so we're trying to get them used to this idea that uh, life isn't free, that rent is expected, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing we ask them to do is to clean up after themselves. So I think it's really hard to put adult children And in fact, I don't even think it's healthy. I don't think you should do it. We don't put our adult kids in the same category that our children who are under our full authority. In other words, the littles all the way up to 18, those kids are under our authority. They are being uh, parented by us and they have particular roles in our home 
that help us function as a family. Once your kids become adults and they go to college or they're working full time or whatever it is they're doing, even if they're living at your house, you can't really parent them in the same way. And so what you what you can do is say, these are the expectations. So if you want to live in our home, these are the expectations. Don't leave your dishes all over the house right? Make sure you get your own laundry room. Don't leave it in the laundry room. Uh, Be respectful of your siblings. Because I think one of the hardest things, one of those dynamics that's so difficult is having a sibling at home. And the younger siblings are like, well, hey, how come I have to continue doing this, but he doesn't? And so even though we can explain it, it still can create tension between the siblings. And as much as we can, we want to uh, we want to mitigate that. And I think we mitigate it by making sure the expectations are clear. And I think one of the 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 ways that I really tripped up, particularly when our oldest uh, oldest couple of kiddos graduated and moved on into their adult lives is we were so new at it, Jay and I were, that I think we sort of tripped up in that we didn't lay out clear expectations simply by virtue of the fact that we didn't know what they should be. <laughs> so it's it's a really good thing for you as a husband and wife, especially if you're getting to the jumping off place, go out to dinner together, just the two of you, and talk about what you want that to look like so that when you talk to your adult child, you are you're on the same page, right? And they may have a different idea and that's all right. It's a good thing to talk those things through. But what you don't want to do is go into that if you can help it with without a vision, without kind of knowing what it is that you want to do or the direction rather that you'd like to take your home as you transition from parenting kids to shepherding them. So and and as I've said here before and I'll I'll say it again, you want to be praying for your kids. Never stop praying for your kids. We pray for our kids every day by name. We ask the Lord to open our eyes to weaknesses that they might have and we pray specifically about those things. Uh, But I just want to encourage you, even though you may not be full-time parenting, you absolutely can be full-time shepherding. And we shepherd all the way through. In some some aspects, uh, we have people in our lives that are very much like parents to us. And every once in a while, they'll, uh, they'll point out to us that we might need to make a course correction. That's a good shepherd. That's someone who really loves us and can say, hey, I, I saw this or I, I observed that and I wonder if maybe you want to think about this. So you're making a transition to a different time and a different um, a different style really of parenting as you move into shepherding. So be on the same page with your spouse about it. Uh, these are wonderful, wonderful years. I love having adult children. I love it. They are some of my best friends in the whole world. My husband and I, nothing that makes us happier than having all of our kids at home and watching them interacting with each other. It makes all of the hard years, <laughs> really, and the hard things that we've gone through in parenting uh, worth it. So hang in there. You're going to make a shift and uh, your family's going to come into a new season, but it's also going to be a beautiful season. Even though it's a tricky balance, it's worth coming up with a balance together. So uh, Julie, I hope that helped you. The next question comes from a listener who um, is going to remain anonymous. And I'm going to read to you the beginning of her letter because it encouraged me so much. And I hope it also encourages you. She said, Hi, Heidi, let me start by telling you I have been so encouraged by becoming MomStrong. I started a mom's group in our church and seven of us ladies get together in the evenings to discuss a couple chapters of the book. We're almost done and hoping to continue to meet when we can. Between the seven of us, there are 25 children and two more on the way. 
I love that. You guys, this is kingdom stuff, and it's wonderful to see what God does. God loves children, and he has such a heart for you as moms. If if you're going through Becoming Mom Strong and the Becoming Mom Strong Bible Study, uh, first thing I want to do is encourage you to, when you're done with that, graduate to Mom Strong International, where we are doing Bible studies every week, and we're watching that grow. There are over 12,000 of you right now doing the scripture writing with this, and I'm trying to encourage you to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And one of the ways that we do that is by knowing and studying and applying the word of God. All right, so here here comes her question. My question is about my oldest child, age seven. Lately, we've been fighting and grading against each other all the time. He was recently at his grandparents for two weeks with his siblings while my husband and I celebrated our anniversary. He often says he wants to go back to live with them when he has an outburst, and he says he's the worst boy ever and doesn't think. His grandma is so good at connecting with him and reaching his heart. She prays with him and leads him in asking questions to Jesus and helps him break through the lies he believes about himself. I have no idea how to do this. Anytime I try, he clams up. I know I'm harder on him and don't spend a lot of time with him besides homeschooling, which is probably part of the problem. I have one-year-old twins along with an almost three-year-old and six-year-old and life is busy. How do I reach the heart of my son and get through to him in his anger. He hurts his siblings and us when he gets mad, and I don't know what I will do if he keeps it up as he gets bigger. What can a seven-year-old do to get some self-control, and how do I come alongside him and teach him to love God with all his heart? Okay, first of all, I I get questions like this all the time, and I think it's right for you to to notice uh, the relationship that he has with his grandmother, but don't let it steal the relationship that God has given you with your son. You see, God has made you the right mom for this for this little boy. You're the right mom. Right mom, right time. God wants to work through you. And so I want to encourage you that you can do this. You can absolutely do it. And one of the first ways we start, you knew I was going to say this, but I'm going to I'm going to uh, repeat it so that it's it's buried down deep in your heart. The first thing that you do is you begin to say, Lord, I'm in over my head. I don't know what to do. Please show me. And then open up God's word and the Lord will show you his heart toward your child. The Bible teaches us that anger, well, first of all, we read in the Bible, you can be angry. Anger is an emotion, right? And we can't control, I think, oftentimes what makes us angry. Sometimes it's just a hard day and like something that wouldn't normally make us snap makes us snap. What you're looking for in your child is that you don't want to see a pattern of anger. The Bible says in your anger, do not sin. And so when you see your child sinning in his anger, this is when you want to approach him and say, you know what? I really love you. But what I'm seeing here right now is that you are lacking self-control and you can teach him about self-control. And speaking of self-control, next month at MomStrong International, we're going to be talking about the fruits of the Spirit. You guys, the fruits of the Spirit, something we don't talk about in the church very much anymore, but the Bible teaches us that the reason we even have the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, evidence that God is at work in us, is because it comes out in things like joy and patience and gentleness and goodness and kindness and that big, big one, which is self-control, which applies to so many areas of our lives, right? And so we want you, mama, you need to have confidence that you are the right mom for the right time, that God is listening to and answering your prayers, and that your son is your responsibility. So keep coming back to him and and dousing him with truth. 
Uh, one of my kids, when they were very, very young, right, probably right around six and seven, had a very, very difficult issue with anger, a really angry child. And I had never had had an angry child before this one came along. And I beat myself up about it and thought, man, maybe this is something that that I did. Turns out, and I've since learned, and I've seen this in some of my other children, uh, it turns out that every, every single one of us is born with something we struggle with. And some of our kids are born with the anger issues. And we stayed in there with this child and we did a lot of creative correction. So in other words, what worked for this, my angry child didn't necessarily work for my other children. And so I began to ask the Lord, Lord, how can I address this heart of anger? And the Lord was so good to show me. And now this child is almost grown and I'm telling you an absolute delight. And uh, I I still remember those years that were so difficult. So stay in there and don't compare yourself to the way that uh, his grandma reaches his heart because God has already equipped you also to reach the heart of your child. And I think give yourself a break with one-year-old twins and a three-year-old, for goodness sake, and a six-year-old, you got your hands full. So maybe carve out some time uh, with your son and ask the Lord to give you that time. The Lord will do it. I think when we have little kids at home, particularly, it's kind of like a loaves and fishes thing. And we say, Father, I only have a limited amount of time. And the Lord knows, right? Show me where I can carve out some time with my child alone. Show me how to reach the heart of this child and God will do it, all right? So I want you to be encouraged. The Lord will do it. He hears you. He's answering your prayers and he loves this little boy that he gave you. So hang in there. All right, I wanna say thanks for everybody who's been listening to the podcast. The podcast is growing uh, in leaps and bounds and that's because uh, you guys have been sharing it and the Lord has been blessing it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you haven't left a review for the podcast yet at iTunes, please do that. Also, we are looking for more, uh, more and more and more reviews to come in over at Amazon really any place the books are sold for Becoming MomStrong. So I want to encourage you to do that. If you haven't yet picked up a copy of Prayers for the Battlefield or Bible Promises for Moms or uh, any of the books that I've written, you can find them at Tyndale. You can also find them at Barnes & Noble, pretty much anywhere the books are sold, and obviously Amazon. If you'd like to reach out to us, we would be so encouraged to hear from you. You can reach us by mail at 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 986 And uh, we receive letters and books and financial support through uh, the mail all the time. And we really appreciate it. It helps us keep this podcast on the air and make sure that we're able to transcribe it, et cetera. I will also be traveling again on May 30th. You can find me at Teach Them Diligently in Columbus, Ohio. And if you're anywhere in the area, come on out. You guys will be so encouraged. And you can save $12 from each registration by using the code Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, and the number 12, Heidi12, and that will help you save $12 on your registration. Just visit teachthemdiligently.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate it so much, and I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.